Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and before I bring in my co-host, the former USC star and 13-year NFL defensive lineman Frosty Rucker, if you are a fan of our show or you're catching us for the first time, here are all the ways to find us. You can get on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Find us there, subscribe, rate our show on iTunes and all the other places. And the website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media at Believe Podcast. For me, my Twitter is at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Find and follow me there. Frosty can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at The Organic Frost. Same at both places. The roller coaster ride that is USC went to the desert and pulled out a 31 26 win over the Arizona State Sun Devils. But after an explosive first quarter that saw the Trojans take a 28 7 lead by scoring touchdowns on all four of its possessions, all of them passes by Keaton Slovis, who went 15 of 17 for 297 yards in the quarter, and as a team put up 315 total yards to ASU's one, the usual refrain of stalled drives, special teams issues, and penalties all returned. By the fourth quarter, USC fans were once again sweating out a one-score game. Frosty, doesn't it seem like we're in the movie Groundhog's Day talking about the same things over and over? Same thing. That's the identity of this team, though, man. We knew it from the start, and they're just living up to it. I mean, this is partly why everyone is looking for changes, but we will get to that, of course, in just a little bit. First, let's talk about Keaton Slovis. He was named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week for the second time this season. As a whole in the game, the stats look good. 29 of 39, a career-high 432 yards. Those four touchdowns did throw an interception. But after the first quarter... He was only 12 of 22 for 135 yards, no TDs, and the pick. The offense in the first quarter, again, 315 total yards. ASU had one yard. Rest of the game, ASU outgains USC 338 to 232. What happens after the first quarter, after the first drive that's always scripted, that always looks great? What is going on with USC that they can't sustain any kind of progress to keep up with how they start? Well, sometimes it's the common denominator when you say, act like you've been there, right? If you've been there and you have big leads, they would know how to press the pressure. And that comes from coaches too, right? But this team, they're not there that often. They have good quarters. Their opening script is that. But once the dust settles, it's like a, a little bit of a panic and missed tackles and miscommunications and we always play incomplete at times and they somehow got this win and we're all happy about that even though I know you chose not to say they were going to win me either I hate to say that but 
they figured it out. It just looks so incomplete. It's like doing a paper and you, you miss your whole thesis out of it, right? You, you do all the other stuff and then you miss like a big chunk of the good stuff. So I don't get it why they do it, but it needs to get corrected. Yeah. And the only score that USC got after the first quarter was a field goal in the third quarter that was actually led by Matt Fink. In the third quarter, on a crazy play, Keaton Slovis, center Brett Nealon, and running back Keenan Kristen all had to leave the game for injuries. Now, Brett Nealon, the center, has the most serious of the injuries. He's actually going to miss multiple weeks with his calf injury. Keaton Slovis was writhing on the ground in pain, and it looked really bad. It turned out it was just cramps. He was able to come back into the game later. And Kristen on that play, not a lot of people noticed it, but when he went out to block, the defender actually kind of grabbed him by the face and jerked him a little bit, and he had to leave the game for a little bit. Amon Ross St. Brown ended up taking some carries at running back. So on one crazy play, you lose your starting quarterback, center, and running back for at least a bit. And then Matt Fink had to come in at quarterback, and backup center Justin Dietrich came in. And Fink was able to lead the Trojans down the field enough to get into field goal range. He did kind of throw that one pass up for grabs on third and long that, Ooh, that freshman Drake one. London. Yeah, freshman Drake London went up and showing his basketball skills, went up and got it. And that allowed USC to get the field goal there to get to 31 points. But that was the only score outside of the first quarter for USC. So despite all the great numbers that were put up by Slovis. And I mean, you look at the receivers numbers, you had Pittman going for 146 yards on 13 catches. He's just so I'm good. on Ross St. Brown, 173 and a touchdown. And again, the best pass of the day was that 95 yard touchdown pass that Slovis hit Amon Ross St. Brown over three Sun Devil defenders. I mean, that's Keaton Slovis. He can look so good and throw a dime like that. And then for the rest of the game, basically is really inconsistent. But that was a beautiful pass. Got to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the opportunity this kid's getting. He's so far ahead of everyone around, including JT, that unfortunately is injured. But he's getting so many valuable reps, and he's getting these bumps and bruises, and he's earning the trust with this offensive line. So hats off to him and his receiving core. They show up. It looks inconsistent at times as a whole as a team, but... They show up when it matters, and he's throwing the ball around, and those guys are catching it. And obviously, Slovis was pumped up to play there. He is from Scottsdale, Arizona, Desert Mountain High School there, so a homecoming for him back in that Phoenix area and a big game for him. But again, he almost gave it away as well with a bad pass in the fourth quarter after he came back into the game. He threw a pick six. Luckily for USC, there was defensive holding called on that play which wiped it out and saved USC there and honestly the true freshman quarterback that started for Arizona State Joey Yellen guy from Mission Viejo California in Orange mm -hmm. County here we go I mean he had to play because none of us knew this last week that Jaden Daniels was not going to be healthy enough to play there stud true freshman quarterback who's been starting all year so another true freshman ends up starting for ASU and they got a big game out of him he also threw for four touchdowns in the game after a slow start and kept ASU in it and the other thing that kept ASU in the game is the usual issues that SC has special teams problems the self-inflicted wounds penalties I mean 
the special teams. There were six kickoffs by USC in the game. Five of them were returned for a total of 192 yards, and the other one got kicked out of bounds. It was so bad after the huge kickoff return that they got that Clay Helton basically ordered special teams coach John Baxter to just squib kick. And this was after a week when John Baxter basically said that the reason they didn't squib kick on that Oregon kickoff return touchdown was that basically the USC kickers aren't good at squib kicking. So it was so bad that Clay Helton said, no, we're just going to have to squib kick it. And even then it didn't turn out great for USC. And then the penalties. USC, 11 penalties for 93 yards. There were six of them in, in the, the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Six in the fourth quarter. I mean, four false starts. And, and, and mean, the game's on the line. Right. They're, they're doing this stuff. Right. Four of them were false starts. There was a roughing the passer on J2 Fele. And again, that's maybe a borderline call on that roughing the passer. But when you've been called for it a bunch of times before, you just got to be more careful. And then there was a crackback block on the lineman on the offense. And in the game total, there were six false starts, a personal foul and a pass interference on Elijah Griffin, who, again, is racking up personal fouls at a ridiculous rate. I think the kid's really talented. He does a good job, but he's really too emotional out there and he's getting fouls every game. I mean, these special teams issues and penalties, again, it's Groundhog's Day. Frosty, we talk about it every week, but they keep popping up. Self-inflicted wounds, man. Like I said, it stems from the top. The discipline needs to be there. It's lackadaisical stuff, man. And until you want to get over this hump, you want to be any better, that stuff has to decease, man. You said it. It starts at the top. So every week after the game, I put out the Helton Hot Seat Scale poll on Twitter where you can vote and rate how hot Clay Helton's hot seat really is using four chili peppers as the scale, the hottest. 2.2 million Scoville heat units, which is how they rate how hot a chili pepper is. The Carolina Reaper, followed by Ghost Pepper at over a million SHU, Habanero at 350,000, and Cayenne at 50,000. So this week, the poll kind of got a little screwed up. There was an accidental deletion of the first tweet by me, so I had to put it up again. Basically, combining the results, the percentages came down like this. 55% of the vote went to Carolina Reaper, not a surprise, and then 22% each to the Ghost Pepper and Habanero. This week, no one voting for Cayenne on the poll. So again, Carolina Reaper winning the poll at 55%. And again, that doesn't surprise you, right, Frosty? No, and the best part that I like is that our bet, we didn't bet that one of us, whoever loses, has to eat one of those peppers. Oh, we didn't think about that. No, I did. I didn't say it. (laughs) See, I like the heat. I like the hot stuff. So I probably would have been okay with it. Yeah, we didn't put that as part of the You're not messing with any of those peppers, bud. (laughs) I've had stuff with the ghost pepper before. I don't think I've ever had a Carolina Reaper, though. How long were you out of the game? How long were you on the sideline? I was actually okay. I mean, it was hot. Don't get me wrong. But I I was okay with it. Again, you know, I, I like the heat. Well, there you go. But yeah, I don't know. The Carolina Reaper, though, is double what the ghost pepper is. So that could put probably anyone out of commission if yeah, you're going with that. Pepper. I want no part of that. <laughs> so it's good for you that it's not in the bet then. Yeah, I'm good with a Taco Bell mile or Del Taco. <laughs> Let's be real. So, yeah, we shall see what goes forward again. 
after the first quarter, it looked like, oh, hey, Clay Helton and this team are trying to impress the new AD. Mike Bone comes in, new AD. We're going to try and impress him. But then after the first quarter, it just kind of went back to, like you said, self-inflicted wounds and USC being USC. Unfortunate, though, man, because I know these kids want it. They're out there playing. They're not giving up. But with the injuries we have, sometimes you got your strength and weaknesses. And once you start going down the ladder of depth charts and it's the second guy to third down, those weaknesses come to pop up. And sometimes that's what I think it is. And it's unfortunate. I hope the guys just keep playing as hard as they can, though, because they squeezed out a win. And at the end of the day, that's all we ask them for. They had a long week of school, a long week of having to hear about the last game. They still won the game. So I'll take that. You'll always take a W. And now let's take a look at the next game up again on the road this week. USC travels up to Northern California to face the California Golden Bears. It's going to be Saturday night at 8 p.m. Pacific. Late for all of you on the East Coast. Truly Pac-12 way after dark this week. Game will be televised on FS1. And of course, radio locally in L.A. on KABC 790 AM. And I'm sure you can find it online as well. But let's talk about California. They are five and four overall, two and four in conference. They're coming off a 33-20 win against the Washington State Cougars to snap a four-game losing streak. And of course, they are coached by former USC defensive coordinator Justin Wilcox, who has helped turn around that program. On offense, they are not very good, to say the least. Part of the reason is that they have been shuffling through quarterbacks. Their starter, Chase Garbers, was finally starting to play well when he got hurt against ASU. They lose that game. He misses the next four games as well. His backup, Devon Modster, was the transfer from UCLA. He stepped in and he was struggling until he finally had a good game against Wazoo. And they even had to play freshman Spencer Brash in the game before that when they went to Utah and Modster was out as well. So they've had some struggles with injuries at the quarterback position similar to USC. But when you look at their numbers on offense, they get 308 and a half yards a game. That's good for 119th out of 130 in the country. Scoring offense, they're 117th in the country, just at 19.1 points a game. Pass offense, only 182.9 yards a game. That's 108 in the country. And all of those are the worst among Pac-12 teams. Their running back, Christopher Brown Jr., 599 yards and five touchdowns this year. They spread the ball around in the passing game. The leading receiver is Jordan Duncan, 18 catches, 282 yards, and two touchdowns. So we're not talking about a great offense here that Cal brings to the table. You would think USC's defense should be able to handle them, but, I mean, who knows, right? With USC, you just never know. Yeah, and that's the problem here is that we have so many self-inflicted wounds that we can never recover. We make average teams look good and good teams look great. And hopefully this isn't a sleeper game when everyone's looking at stats and, oh, we should roll over them because, unfortunately, this isn't the team we have. They often play down to the opponent's level when we should be setting the bar. But I hope they win. We do not know quite yet. We are recording this on a Wednesday who the quarterback for Cal will be because Chase Garbers has been cleared to play this week after missing, again, the last four games. and. 
They haven't named a starter yet, so we don't know if it'll be Garbers or Monster who starts at quarterback for Cal. And it's possible they may end up playing both guys anyway, so we shall see what happens there. Now, the reason Cal has been successful, they started the season with a four-game winning streak. They beat up on Wazoo last week. It's the defense. They are led by two inside linebackers who are tackling machines. Evan Weaver, of course, the senior, leading the nation with 137 tackles. Eight and a half of those for loss. He's got two and a half sacks among those. He's forced three fumbles. He's broken up a couple of passes. And his running mate, Coin Dang, 87 tackles for him. Five and a half for loss, two and a half sacks. One fumble recovery, and he's got four pass breakups. So those two guys are the leading tackling duo in the country. And then got to shout out their safety, Ashton Davis. Got 49 tackles, a pick, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, four pass breakups as well there. And he's also their kickoff return guy. He's got seven returns for 149 yards. And he's from the same area that I grew up in, Santa Cruz, California, up in Northern California. He went to Santa Cruz High, though the rival of my high school, Harbor High. Did they beat and you he actually, when you were in there? Oh, yeah. I had a terrible football team in high school. We won two games, I believe, my entire four-year high school career, and one was by forfeit because the other Jeez. team played an ineligible player. So, yeah, my school was not known for football, what were you guys unfortunately. For? Off topic. We were known for, uh, we had good basketball and volleyball. Okay. Girls volleyball, basketball, and water polo, boys okay. water polo. Okay. So, we were known for other stuff. Football, however, was not Harbor High's strong suit back in my four years in high school. Just so he bit. went to the rival high school, Santa Cruz High, but gosh, shout out the hometown area there up in Northern California. And he's a great story because he started out as a walk-on track and field athlete at Cal, and he ended up earning a scholarship after walking on to the football team. He was actually offered a track scholarship turned it down because he wanted to try and earn a football scholarship, ended up doing that in 2017. He even won the 2017 Pac-12 110-meter hurdles, and so he is a speedster. He's a big-time athlete, and he is Cal's nominee for the Burlesworth Trophy, which, for those of you who don't know, that is a trophy that's given to the best player who began his career as a walk-on. So every year, they give out this trophy. And he is Cal's nominee for USC. Chase McGrath, our kicker, is the nominee for that award. But every year they give it out. Last year, Hunter Renfro, the Clemson wide receiver, now with the Oakland Raiders, won the award. The year before that, it was Luke Falk, the Washington State quarterback. And the two years before that was Baker Mayfield winning back-to-back. So some big names have won this award. And Ashton Davis, the safety for Cal, is their nominee. And when you look at their defense as a whole, They only give up 20.7 points a game. That's tied for 26 in the country with Minnesota, an undefeated team. In total defense, 56 in the country, 379 yards a game. They give up 144.7 yards a game in rushing. That's 51st in the country. And then pass defense, 78th, but 234.4 yards a game. That's not that bad, even though they're kind of middle of the pack in that category. So obviously, Justin Wilcox is the head coach. This is how Cal makes their bones is by playing good defense. And listen, after what happened last year when USC had a 14-0 lead at halftime and didn't score the rest of the game, Cal scores 15 in the third quarter in one of the ugliest football games in recent history, and they get the win 
So it's about the Cal defense. I think that's what we have to focus on is can USC's offense penetrate this Cal defense? Right. And again, if special team shows up and we can get a couple short fields, we may be able to get some points and they can duke it out that way. But again, self-inflicted wounds is just always going to bite us in our butt. And I hope we can get over the hump at the weekender. Yeah, the weekender, always a big deal for USC fans. And it's always seemed to be a very successful trip when we go to play Cal. Again, that loss last year snapped the winning streak that USC had that dated back to 2004. The last time USC lost to Cal before last year, Frosty Rucker was playing for USC in 2003. Three overtime that, game. I don't want to get into that three overtime. overtime game. Yes. Three of them. Bad memories, I know, for you and USC fans, but that is how long it was that USC was dominating this rivalry against Cal. And again, we've played Cal more than any other opponent. It's a big deal for USC fans. And I want to bring something up that happened a few weeks ago when we played Colorado. They had just come off of playing Washington State, an air raid offense team. Now Cal gets to do the same thing. They played Washington State last week, beat them. Now they get to play another air raid offense in USC. Like we talked about then, we both feel that that advantage goes to the team that's seeing that offense for the second straight week. And unlike Colorado, Cal actually has a good defense. I would say that this is very worrisome if you're a USC fan, that a similar thing might happen that happened against Colorado because that was a road game. USC struggled to win that one. And now they're playing an even better defense that just beat an air raid offense the week before. Well, if they go up there with enough energy and be the ones yelling on third downs and give the home team a little something, they may be able to help out. The weekend is a huge thing, a huge prideful thing for the Pac-12. And every time SC gets to go up to Cal, it feels like the whole student section is going with you. So hopefully the energy helps us out. I know everyone didn't travel to Colorado and squeaked out of there. We squeak out of this one. A win's a win, bud. Yeah, USC will take them any way they can get them. I think the key is that USC, I think we can expect another fast start. That's how they start pretty much every game. It's can they play well after the first quarter? That's going to be the determining factor in this game. Well, I hope they can. I hope each week as they evaluate themselves, someone steps up to make that play to make sure they don't get that extra third down or you don't get a penalty. You don't do this. You don't do that. Just finish the drive and hopefully this is the week they do it. And of course, if you are enjoying our show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcast. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, tell everyone where to find you. I'm at The Organic Frost on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm always available for any comments, quotes, bar mitzvahs, anything you got going on, holler at me. And now it is time for the prediction segment. Always fun, always entertaining, where we try and play prognosticator and end up failing most of the time. But hey, it's amusing and it's fun to do. So let's go over what happened last week in the predictions. First, the players that we believed in. I went with John Houston last week. Frosty went with the running back group. So 
That group had 21 rushes and 63 yards, only one yard and one carry from Quincy Jaunty, and the rest were by Keenan Kristen. John Houston tied for the team lead in tackles with nine. So I'm going to claim the win on that one. Neither one was really great, but John Houston, I think, had the slightly better game there. So I'm going to take the win there. And then in our game score, like Frosty alluded to, both of us took Arizona State. I said 30-27. Frosty said 23-15. So because we both took the wrong team, it's a no-winner situation there. Even though, like I was saying last week, I had the score down and I just didn't know who to pick. And I was almost right on the score, the 31-26 score. I had 30-27. So if I would have just picked USC, I would have got it there. But since we both picked ASU, neither of us get that one. And then in our prop bet predictions, Frosty's cold hard truth was that the kicking game for ASU would be the deciding factor. And Nara's no doubter was that USC would lose the turnover battle. So USC actually won the turnover battle. They were plus one against ASU. So I didn't get that. And Christian Sandejas actually missed a PAT, making you look bad, Frosty. Oh, so, he did. I know. I was rooting for him all the way. So we, again, have no winner on our prop bet segment because Nara's No Doubter and Frosty's Cold Hard Truth didn't come through. So I get the one win on the week. So now the standings on the season between us is back to being a tie. You've got three wins. I've got three wins. And we've tied three times. So it's a close race here, Frosty, for our predictions and to see who's going to lose the bet and have to buy some concessions at a future USC men's basketball game. I know, I know. Well, let's just keep going. Trojans will finish hard, and I'm sure I'll be victorious. I do know a little bit about football, just because I'm just going to say I know a little bit more than you. Well, you played the game, but I, I've watched it my whole life as there well. There you go, so. exactly. And that's why I think <laughs> this is going to be a good one all the way to the wire. It is. And by the way, side note, the USC men's basketball game should be a fun one because the team looks pretty good. I don't know if you've been able to catch them off to a 3-0 and start yeah, for Andy Enfield squad. They beat up on South yeah, Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota so. State. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully we'll get a good one when we go and meet up there at Galen Center. So for this week's predictions, beginning, of course, with the players we believe in. And I'm going to start off with this one this week. I'm going to go with the true freshman defensive end who came back from injury against ASU. Drake Jackson is the player I believe in this week for USC against Cal. I think he looked fairly healthy coming back, and I'm hoping he's going to build upon that. Before he got hurt, he was doing really well. So, Drake Jackson, my pick for the player I believe in. Frosty, who you got? Well, in Frosty fashion, I could sit here and say I could take Slovis. Game in, game out, if they win or lose, it's usually really consistent that he's going to throw the ball around and get some yards or whatnot. But then you get on me about picking a group, right? So I've been really thinking about that for a few days. And I'm going to go singular person this time. And I'm not going to pick the quarterback, which is a for sure stats. But I'm going to pick the guy he's going to throw the ball to. And that's Michael Pittman Jr., which is my MVP. The guy just shows up every play and every time he gets an opportunity. And I'm becoming a big fan of his. So you are going with the senior wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. I think that's a great choice. He's really been a guy who's brought it all year. Like you said, he probably should be USC's MVP. So players that we believe in, I'm going with youth 
defensive end Drake Jackson, Frosty going with the experienced wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. So now it's time to pick our game score. Frosty, why don't you take it first? I'm going to go 35 to 24 USC. I feel like we'll battle. We always start fast. We'll get some points on the board and we'll close it out. Cal isn't a very good football team. And I think as the season winds down, the Trojans will get a little bit stronger as we got a new AD. All the talk, all the clatter, these guys will come together and get an impressive win. All right. So you are going to USC to win 35-24. And I should mention for entertainment purposes only that USC is a six and a half point favorite currently as we record this on Wednesday. So you've got SC covering on the road against Cal. So I, again, debated what I was going to do. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think Cal's defense is really, really good. And their offense is really, really not so good. So I think USC's defense will step up this week. So I think it'll be a little bit more low scoring than you've got it. And I was just trying to decide, is it going to be Cal? Is it going to be USC? And again, I'm just, I'm torn because I see what happened at Colorado against a team that got to see a similar type of offense back-to-back weeks. Cal's defense is much better than Colorado's. It's another road game where USC struggles. And I figure, you know what? USC has a winning record so far when I've picked against them, four and three this season. So I'm going to just pick against USC again. I'm going to go 23-17 Cal. Again, I'm hoping I am wrong. And I hope that what I said is going to motivate the Trojans maybe. And we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm going to go 23-17 Cal winning at Memorial Stadium up there in Berkeley and Frosty, of course, going with USC 35-24. So we'll definitely have a winner in the game score, I figure, this week since we're picking different teams. You're keeping it interesting. You're keeping it right where we want it. It's going to come down to the wire with these win losses. And yeah, SC's going to win this one and I'm going to go back up. All right. Listen, I hope you're right, honestly. Although, you know what? I'm really hoping you get the game score right and I get the other two right. So that's what we're going to do. And so now we got to get to the third part of our predictions, the prop bet segment where we pick something that isn't tied to the game score, doesn't have to be about a player necessarily. It's just something that we think is going to happen in the game, kind of like our guaranteed type of thing. And we're not really great at it, but we're trying every week. So this week for Nara's No Doubter, It's not a positive thing, but just based on how our special teams have been going and the fact that Cal has some good return guys and it's not just special teams, but it includes possible defensive plays. But I am saying that USC is going to allow a return touchdown. So that could be a kickoff, a punt, an interception, a fumble recovery, any kind of return touchdown by Cal. I think USC gives up a return touchdown in this game. That is Nara's no doubter for the week. Let's hear Frosty's cold, hard truth. Well, Frosty's cold, hard truth this week. I'm going to go with how you laid it out earlier. Cal's offense isn't good. SC's defense should win that matchup. So I'm going to go with USC having three turnovers on defense side of the ball. We're going to get the ball three times. All right. So you've got USC getting three takeaways off of Cal this week. Can I say three or more? You can say three or more. I'll say three or more. All right. Three or more turnovers to be taken in by USC for Frosty's cold, hard truth. 
So to recap all of our predictions, first, the players that we believe in. I am going with the defensive end, Drake Jackson. Frosty actually picking one player this week, going with the senior wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. And in our game score, we diverge here. I am unfortunately picking against USC once again. I'm going 23-17 Cal. Frosty going with the Trojans by a bigger score, 35-24. And in our prop bet portion, Nara's no doubter is that USC will allow a return touchdown. And Frosty's cold, hard truth is that USC will get at least three takeaways off of Cal. I think all of those picks are reasonable. Yeah, they're solid. I don't think there's anything that's crazy. And we'll definitely see who gets the game score right. Again, prove me wrong. And USC has done it four out of seven times. So (laughs) hopefully they can add to it again this week. Before we wrap things up on this week's show, Frosty, any final thoughts? I'll say this to the Trojans football team coming up to Cal for the weekender. Give these fans something they'll never forget. You have a lot of people that aren't big fans right now. They're just rolling with it because it's the weekender. Turn them into believers. Seniors, your games are dwindling down. This is almost the last time you'll be able to put these pads on and that jersey on and that helmet on. Make it mean something. Make a big play and fight on. All right. For Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 12 of the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as always, remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.